What are you doing, Kirsten? It's a special news broadcast. Oh yeah, it goes like this. Maybe we should just get to it. So Tristan and I are guessing that, uh, like us, millions of you have over the past few days been seeing a million different stories online and a million different Edge things your in your Instagram feed. Over and what? You've been, you've, you've been wondering if there's going to be a COVID spike from all the Halloween parties well, that happened last we week. we don't quite know yet. We still have a few more yeah. days on that one. Well, hopefully we'll know the election results before that. And in my endless staring at my phone, I noticed that there was one person on social media who actually seemed to make sense of all A political soothsayer of sorts. And that is campaign strategist Brian Derrick, who currently works for Congresswoman Mikey Sherrill in New Jersey, formerly for Senator Gillibrand in New York. And so we thought we would just bring him on the show, do a quick little 10-minute episode, just a recap of what the hell's going on right now, and will we be able to sleep tonight knowing if Biden won? So let's bring him in and talk to him. Brian Derrick, welcome to the Bedroom Studio. Hello. Thank you all for having me. That was an incredibly generous uh, introduction, and I, I appreciate you guys asking me to be on. So we've been watching you all day on social media. We've been sort of seeing how you break things down for us. We're seeing you get excited. I saw you jump off a curb today because you were so excited because of, <laughs> you, you saw what happened with Michigan, and you were sort of waiting and wondering. Go Blue. Um, this moment is so crazy. There's so much going on around us. What is the first thing you tell people who come to you going, oh my God, I don't think it's it's going our way. I don't think it's gonna what we want is going to happen is going to happen. What's the first thing you say? My step one has always just been chill. Take a deep breath um, because I think as people... Um, find themselves being really invested in in the results of an election. It's easy to get bogged down in details at the county by county level, comparing uh, cycle after cycle, and um, watching needles as they as they kind of flutter back and forth. Um, but at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is um, the way that a state swings when all the votes are counted. Um, so I've been ta- I've been telling people to be patient and and to relax um, and to look big picture at the path that we're on because it's actually telling a really great story for Joe Biden. We are trying so hard to be patient right now. Uh, my glass of wine is definitely <laughs> helping me to my patience yeah, right now. It's like white knuckling uh, it across the day. But, yeah. <laughs> with my white wine. Uh, my, the big thing that I want to ask you, Brian, is why the hell are the polls so wrong for the second time? 2016, they were drastically wrong. They said that they fixed them. They thought they had figured them out. And sure enough, they sure as hell did not. What the fuck? Yeah, I think that that is going to be a really big question that people are asking for for weeks and months, probably years after this. Um, and we actually won't know exactly how wrong the polling is until uh, all the votes are counted. So I do want to I do want to put that out there that Biden could end up winning with the national popular vote by a, uh, a significant margin by six million votes um, because there are still millions of ballots being counted, even in states that have already been called where people are no longer paying attention, like California, we're still running up the score. Um, So we don't know exactly how wrong the polling was. From 2016 to 2020, one of the main differences uh, in in the polling that they said was going to fix it is that they added waiting for education because um, non-college educated Uh, men, for example, had really outperformed for Trump in 2016, and and they hadn't paid close enough attention as to how education would impact people's vote. Um, I don't know that that really did the trick. I I definitely think that they will have a lot to answer for after this. 
But at the end of the day, it's it's on us as to where we want to invest our time and our money um, because polls don't win seats, um, votes do. And so it's, it's, it's on us for having to go out and get those votes. And in some of the states we needed to, we, we didn't do that. There's been a lot of uncertainty as to when we'll actually know for sure from states when it's signed, sealed, and delivered by the secretaries of state in these states. Um, Pennsylvania is one of them, right? We, we may, it may be days before all the votes are counted. Or even in North Carolina, I feel like I just read that they don't have a due date on their uh, out-of-country uh, military votes for like 10 more days. And now the margins are so razor thin in that state that those votes might actually make the difference. Is that right? Yeah, that's that's exactly right. So so ballots are still being accepted in um, quite a quite a few states right now. Um, New Jersey is one of them. There will be ballots accepted until November 10th, as long as your ballot was postmarked by Election Day. Um, the same thing is happening in Pennsylvania, obviously a much more um, in question state right now where ballots are going to be accepted for three days after the election. So um, up until the 6th. And so, so we don't even necessarily have all of the ballots in hand yet that we then need to count in order to give results. Um, and as you said, every state um, administers their elections differently and has different deadlines as to when their state officials need to certify those results. Um, and they are spread throughout the month of November. Okay, let's wave a magic wand and just move ahead to 2021. And let's say that, in fact, Biden does win and we retain the House, but we don't actually get the Senate. What do you think that actually means for a Biden presidency? If he has the House, he has the executive office, but he doesn't have that Senate. Will he be able to actually discuss the idea of adding justices to the court? Will he be able to actually get a stimulus package through to bring our economy back to normal? Or will we just be completely paralyzed for four years? I think that that is the most likely scenario at this point. Um, That Biden will indeed win. But we won't that Biden will indeed yeah. win. As as we are recording this, he is six uh, electors shy of the 270 threshold that he needs. And I am extremely confident that Nevada will give him those electors when they announce a new batch of um, of ballots tomorrow morning. I'm very I'm very confident in that. I also think that he's going to your fucking you know that, word, you know that feeling you get when like something really excites you. You know, it's like I you mean, actually <laughs> score that goal in that soccer game in high school, and you're like, I just got that feeling. <laughs> yeah, right or absolutely, you, we should, and we should. Winning is supposed to be fun, and I know that people are like tied. I know there's so much like, PTSD here. associated with this, though. You have to totally. give you have to give that to us. Well, a hundred percent. I mean, it's like we could experience two emotions at once, right? Anger and excitement at the same time, which is a, I don't know, common for some of us. But for others of us, it's really fucking foreign. Totally. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do, especially like through through Instagram is trying to bring that joy and calm back to people because we are winning. And um, and I want people to celebrate if that people want to follow you on Instagram. How do they do it? You can follow me at Brian with an I Derek D E R R I C K. Do it. You won't regret it because I literally learned more today in watching him than I had in the past two weeks. I mean, it like cut through the bullshit with this guy. 
What about this runoff in Georgia with the Senate race, right? They have a rule in Georgia that the winner has to actually win the majority. 51% of the vote has to go for them to actually get the office. And so they had three people running for one seat, two Republicans and a Democrat. And it looks like it's been narrowed down to a Republican and a Democrat. And now they're going to run have a runoff in January, right? And is that the case for both the Georgia seats? So that's correct for the Georgia special election. So the the race that you're referring to is uh, Raphael Warnock and Kelly Leffler, um, who have now the top two vote getters, which are those two, will will move into a runoff. Both Georgia Senate seats are are up for election this cycle. So um, with the other seat, it was between David Perdue and John Ossoff. And right now that is neck and neck. It has not been called um, as of the recording of this. And um, we are hopeful that although David Perdue, the Republican, is leading right now, that his um, lead is actually going to drop below 50%, the threshold that you just mentioned, um, because there is a there are, I think, two third-party candidates running that have stolen enough of the vote mm. that both John and David could end below 50% and force that race also into a, a runoff in January. And we think this is all due to the Atlanta, like larger metropolitan area, right? It's these Southern states that now have these mega cities in them that are actually turning these states blue. The big thing right now is um, the outstanding ballots in, um, I think it's primarily DeKalb right. County um, in, in Georgia that are still coming in for Joe Biden, for John Ossoff, which are narrowing the margin. I think the last time I saw it, it was at 55,000. And um, the second piece is ballot curing. So if you had an issue with your ballot because of a signature or um, a witness or something like that, you have until Friday of this week to fix that issue so that your ballot can count. And right now there are 40,000 ballots that need curing in DeKalb County alone. So we could close the margin and either put John Ossoff above David Perdue or at the very least force a runoff by counting the rest of the ballots and then um, ballot curing all those that need a, a cure. And the reason why this is important, of course, is because we as Democrats are hoping to get the majority in the Senate. And right now, as we recorded this, it's currently 47 for the Democrats and 48 for the Republicans. So it's going to come down to a state like Georgia, where there are two seats that could fall our way that would give us the majority. Benton, you're a Democrat. <laughs> I'm a Democrat, and I, I mean, have been you're not reading the New York Times like nonstop for the past. We're supposed to maintain impartiality. I can't believe you've just you've just destroyed this show. Yeah, journalism is fucked. <laughs> I'm partial. Speaking of journalists, yeah. we have actually seen the press just sort of have like this bizarre sort of field day where they have so much to say, but they have very little to say. I mean, the headlines have been kind of funny in terms of like what's getting pushed to our phones and what 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 actually is coming up because I think everyone's sort of gunshot. And I'd heard you say earlier on your Instagram account that people sort of need to wean themselves off of the television a bit because it is creating some hysteria. What is your take on how the media are handling this? I have been an advocate for people to disconnect from the 24-7 news cycle, be that television or radio um, during this time, and to get your updates uh, when there are actual updates to to hear, and if by by checking numbers, by checking data online to see what states have been called, what what ballots are are being counted, that kind of thing, rather than listening to 
um, a lot of news where opinion and conjecture about the motivations behind people's votes and, and shifting demographics and all of that can really tilt the way that you're perceiving that, that news. And so if you really just want to know, like, what happened yesterday? How are people voting right now? What is the status of the election? I think there are better ways to get that information than uh, listening to several hours of, of uh, a cable news program. And we, of course, have discussed the LGBTQ rainbow wave of election wins that have happened in the past 24 hours. We have Sarah McBride, the first out transgender state senator. We have R- Richie Torres, who was our guest on this podcast, who was the first gay Afro-Latino congressman. We have Mondaire Jones, the first black gay elected congressman. Maureen Turner, the first non-binary state legislator. Michelle Rayner, Florida's first queer black woman to be a state legislator and Eddie Manis uh, in Tennessee. There have been so many. I mean, I, I don't know. I I want to be 10 years old and gay again and see that there is so much possibility for us. This is huge. Well, yeah. And they're not just representing us. They're representing everybody with incredible compassion and a really amazing breadth of experience to bring to the table. And I'm so excited about that. Yeah, I, I think that is absolutely incredible. Sarah McBride is a national treasure. Um, and I want to also emphasize the importance of having LGBT representation at the state level, where historically, laws have been passed to discriminate against our community. Um, and it has been state legislatures have been the source of a lot of anti-trans and anti-gay biased legislation. Um, and now to have an actual voice at the table in new historic ways is going to be incredible. So we're now at this moment in time where it seems like, oh, you know, the race is over. Like, let's just kind of rest and go have a drink. But that's sort of not the point, is it? There's a lot we can be doing still to stay involved, but also ensure that every vote is indeed counted. Correct? Yeah, absolutely. I think that there are few things in the immediate future that we need to focus on um, and even more based on the results uh, long term that that we really need to kind of revisit and reevaluate. So in the the near term, I think that there's um, people can support organizations like Democracy Docket who are currently filing lawsuits um, and intervening in lawsuits that the Trump administration or that the the Trump campaign is filing to try and stop ballots from being counted. and you can donate to Democracy Docket on Act Blue. Um, people are gathering to demonstrate um, a- against the end, uh, uh, the, the prevention of ballots being counted. So if you go to protect the results, I think it's protecttheresults.com. Um, you can sign up to go to a local demonstration in your area so that we can have a show of force that that we are watching every ballot be tabulated and we are not going to settle for anything less than every vote being counted. Um, and then long-term looking, or some, somewhat long-term looking to January, we are going to need a massive Herculean effort to get out the vote for one or two of these Georgia Senate seats, which could be the deciding factor uh, for the majority in the Senate. Super important. Brian Derrick, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we may check back in with you because it's so fascinating. I sort of have a hunch that you, you're you like one of those people who when they hear music, they just see colors or something like that because you <laughs> must just see all these things floating around you and you, you're like, you seem to be building a castle in your head as to, like, yeah. as to, as to the way forward. And that that is so remarkable to me because there's so much going on around us and to cut through it and to see it like you do and make it so simple and easy to understand is really um, quite a skill. So thank you. 
Thank you guys so much for having me. I, I really appreciate and it. And until next time, we'll uh, keep drinking wine and keep avoiding cable news. For those of you listening for the first time, this was a special 2020 presidential election episode of Why Here podcast. I'm Tristan. And I'm Benton. And you can catch new episodes every week on all the streaming platforms. Music is produced by Poor the Sport Recording and the Wit. That's all us, baby. Listen, follow, like us at whyherepodcast.com. 